0: to do it. Well, I'm recording on my end. Matter of fact, I just started the recording just so it, it takes it kicks in. Okay. Um, so I can I would say if you can record as well just as a backup, that would be okay. a good idea just in case, you know, God forbid something happens.
1: Well, I can record both or I can just record my audio, which what would you rather me I do?
0: Should do both? I'm going to do both so this way we have a backup just in case because like okay. I said, God forbid something goes wrong. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just actually clearing space out for my stuff. And, okay, so whenever you are ready, I am ready.
1: All right, let me see. I'm just trying to make sure my recording started. Okay, uh, are you ready? I am. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cat. Whoops, I forgot to start my recording. Let's try that again. I'm sorry. No worries. All right, let's do it. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier and we have a special show for you guys today. It's a crossover Wednesday edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I, I can't believe the football season to here. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, coming up on today's show, we have Patricia Trina of the Locked On Giants show, and we have a busy, busy show for you today. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Patricia, how are you, you doing this year? Are you, are you excited for the football season?
0: Oh, Marcus, it has been so long. I am so ready for the start of the season.
1: It feels like it's been forever, but at the same time, I, I can't believe we're already, you know, just a couple of days away. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in and let's talk a little bit about the Giants. Uh, I, I want to start off with the obvious question with Eli Manning and Daniel Jones. Patricia, how long before the Giants make this switch? Because this, that's really the big question surrounding the team, right?
0: Yeah, that is one of the big questions. But uh, I think the answer, Marcus, is it depends on how long the Giants win. I mean, I think as long as the Giants are in the playoff hunt, um, I think as long as they are winning and, uh, you know, as long as Eli Manning is not the, the sole reason for any kind of downhill turn, I think they will stick with him. But with that said, this is the final year of Eli Manning's contract. You know, management has has basically said to him, okay, look, for now, you are going to be a lame duck. We're going to see how things go, and then we'll decide whether or not, you know, we, we – We renew you. So, yeah, I I think you're going to see Eli Manning for at least eight games, possibly ten. And then we'll see where the Giants are in the standings, where they are in the playoff hunt. And if they are still in the thick of things, Eli Manning will continue. If they are not, then I think you could conceivably see Daniel Jones, the remaining, you know, whether it be six, seven, however many games are left at that point.
1: All right, give me the temperature of the, the Giants fan base right now. How soon do they want to see Daniel Jones? Is this, a, is this a thing where, you know, if Eli struggles in week one against the Cowboys, are they already going to be calling for Daniel Jones to kind of end of the game?
0: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, you know, look, last year a lot of people got down on Eli Manning because if you look at it, You know, on the surface, he has been the constant denominator in all the losing seasons that they have had, with the exception of 2016, when they, you know, they were fairly successful. So you have a lot of people who are calling for Eli Manning's head on a silver Mm -hmm. platter. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, Eli can play better. There's no question about it. But – when you look at some of the other factors as to why the Giants haven't been winning, it's not all on Eli. And this is what I've been trying to tell, you know, readers and listeners. Yes, Eli is partially to blame, but he is not solely to blame. Unfortunately, you do have a narrative that, that exists in the New York media in general. That, you know, look, why keep Eli around? If you're, if you're rebuilding with all this youth, why aren't you rebuilding at the quarterback spot? And I get that, but you know, you have to do it gradually. You can't just put Daniel Jones out there before he's ready. And both Jones and head coach Pat Shermer have said that while Joe, you know, the quarterback has made progress, he is not yet a finished product where they're ready to put him out there on the field. So there has to be a degree of patience exercise before they get to that point.
1: All right, let's go ahead and move on to the receivers because it's an interesting unit. No Odell Beckham this year. Uh, Golden Tate was brought in via free agency, and he's gone for the first four games due to suspension. Um, Sterling Shepard is a little banged up. So let's kind of start there. Is Shepard going to play week one? And what other receivers should Cowboy fans be kind of monitoring in this contest? Because, you know, listen, it's, it's a totally different unit than we saw in the previous two games last year.
0: Yeah, it really is. I mean, they don't have the big name big production of Odell Beckham Jr. Sterling Shepard is going to be fine for week 1. Um that that broken thumb that he suffered at the start of training camp has fully healed, so he's been able to ditch the uh the splint that he was wearing. Um they won't have Golden Tate who as you probably know was suspended for four games uh due to a PED violation. But the guy I would say keep an eye on is Evan Ingram. Now, Evan Ingram mm. is the tight end. He's not a receiver, but they have been using him a lot as a receiver. And I just think what you're going to see differently about the Giants this year in the passing game is instead of the ball being force-fed to one or two guys, you're going to see it spread around more. So you're going to see Balls going to Shep, you're going to see Balls going to Ingram, you're going to see, you know, Saquon Barkley split out wide and used in certain receiver routes, so I think they're going to kind of spread it around based on the matchups they're getting, and it's going to become a chess game now to where now it's not going to be as predictable as maybe it was in the past.
1: Uh, Just really quickly, Sterling Shepard, is he still the primary slot receiver in New York, or do we expect him to to kind of move all around the field now that he's the, the team's number one receiver?
0: he's probably going to move around I mean he has had most of his career success working out of the slot but last year you know he, he had career highs I think in receptions and receiving yards and that was working both from the slot as well as outside so I think you are going to see him move around you might see Evan Ingram in the slot you might see Saquon Barkley in the slot but uh yeah I, I don't think Sterling Shepard's Days in the slot are completely over. You will see some instances where he lines up in that regard. And on the outside, you'll probably see Cody Latimer, who will be, um, you know, one of the outside receivers. You'll probably see Russell Shepard, um, Benny Fowler will be mm-hmm. in the mix there. But, but yeah, if I would say, you know, if I were to identify the top three guys to keep an eye on, I would say Barkley, I would say Ingram, and I would, I would say Sterling Shepard would be the three I would keep my eye on.
1: Uh, and just kind of wrapping up the offense really quickly, uh, the Giants offensive line kind of struggled at times last year, but you got to give credit to Dave Gettleman kind of improving that unit, uh, bringing over Kevin Zeitler via trade this year. Uh, Patricia, what are you expecting for the Giants offensive line? Because it's got some talented players with Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, who was the second round pick last year. Uh, tell me what your expectations are for that unit this year.
0: This unit, I think, has the potential of being as good as the one in 2007, the one that helped the Giants win the Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's a very underrated group, and that, what's, and I'm always gonna botch this, this saying up, but I think the sum is greater. What is that expression?
1: The, the parts always, are greater than the whole, or the sum. Yeah, are greater something, than, like, the something like something like that. I, I always mess
0: that one up. And for as many times as I use it, I always <laughs> mess that up. But uh yeah, the the thing to watch with this particular group is in the interior. I really like what they've done there. You know, Will Hernandez is, is you know you know bad game against Cincinnati. We'll throw that one out. Will Hernandez is so much better this year so much more comfortable uh kevin zeitler is a pro's pro you know i, I was quietly you know I, quite frankly i was surprised that that the uh the browns gave up on him or traded him Absolutely. away i know they had some younger talent but the guy can still play and then john Jalapio is going to be back uh playing at center and and you know he's he's pretty good in his own right now you throw in um Nate Solder, who is hopefully healthy over that ankle injury, and Mike Remmers, who has looked healthy and spry. And you do have a more uh, solid offensive line, especially as, as run blockers. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that interior blowing open holes, especially on the second level. And as far as pass protection, I think this group is going to do a better job at keeping that pocket cleaner.
1: All right, let's go ahead and transition to the defense really quickly to talk a, a little bit about this unit. Uh, and I think it's a, a significantly more talented group than we saw last year. Uh, Dave Gettleman brought in Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle from Clemson, DeAndre Baker, the All-American cornerback from Georgia. Uh, Julian Love, a lot of people like Corey Ballantyne. Uh Tell us about this defense. What do you expect from them in week one?
0: Well, I definitely am hoping they're going to be a lot more improved. I think at first it's going to be a little shaky because they haven't really played together As a whole because of injuries and whatnot. So you might see a few, you know, maybe communication hiccups, if you will, but I do believe that unit's going to come together. I think they're going to be effective. I mean, the number one problem they had last year, um, was the, was stopping the run. I mean, they were exposed up the middle so many times. So they've got guys now who can quickly get to the holes and plug those holes so that, you know, now maybe you force the running backs and or quarterbacks to the outside where now they have a little bit more speed on the edges. The other thing that is going to help this defense tremendously is on the pass rush. They improved the back end of the defense. How many times, and Giant fans will, will probably agree with me on this, how many times did we see last year the Giants' front seven just, barely missed getting to the quarterback, you know, the quarterback being able to get the ball out of his hands and and, and to his receiver. That was largely due, in fact, to, you know, the back end of the defense not holding their coverage or, you know, getting beaten or whatever the case may be. I think that's going to get fixed. Um, the only concern I have at this point is really at cornerback where um, at left cornerback and specifically DeAndre Baker's a rookie, Antonio Hamilton. I'm looking at the giant step chart here. Um, Baker and Hamilton are both listed as the potential starter. Both of those guys have been banged up. So I don't know which of the two is going to be the healthier to where mm-hmm. he's going to get the starting nod and, and get the majority of the snaps, but Right now, that's my only concern, and and that's only because of the injury.
1: Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys match up uh, against this defense because it's a lot of of new talent, uh, a lot of really talented players like Lawrence and Baker. Uh, It should be interesting. So let's go ahead and transition to the Cowboys, shall we?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me start again. You're good. All right. Um, I'll just record my, my intro as part of it. All right, Marcus, so thank you uh, for this opportunity to talk Dallas Cowboys. Marcus, I think we've got to start with the big story. As we record this podcast, Ezekiel Elliott, there's word that they have agreed to terms on a contract that Ezekiel Elliott is on his way back to Dallas. What is the latest? What are you hearing? And if assuming that Ezekiel Elliott does indeed sign his contract, what do you think is going to be a realistic expectation for his playing time on Sunday, considering he skipped the entire preseason?
1: Yeah, as we're recording this, there, there's still no deal, but I, I imagine by the time the people listen to this, the Cowboys and Elliott will have agreed to a monster extension. We're kind of hearing like to us five or six year extension for for Elliott. Um, Jason Garrett talked about Elliott and his role in this offense. He he knows this offense well. Uh, it wouldn't take him more than a couple practices to get up to speed. And, frankly, Elliott's in great shape. He was in Cabo training. Uh, the Cowboys know what he can do. And, you know, they might publicly, publicly say, hey, we're only going to give him 15, 20 touches this week. But if they get into a game with the Giants that's close in the fourth quarter, you can basically throw those numbers right out the window. They're going to give Elliott as many carries as they can. Uh, they're going to try to get him involved. So I fully expect Ezekiel Elliott to be – uh behind center with Dak Prescott uh on Sunday.
0: Now some good news for the offensive line. Travis Frederick looks like he's gonna be back. Um Lael Collins just signed a big contract extension. Uh I'm I'm looking at the offensive line, you know, still probably a strength of that Cowboys mm-hmm. um offense. I mean Having seen them play together now, I mean, how do you feel about that group? Do you feel that they're back to where they were maybe a couple of years ago when they were clearly the cream of the crop?
1: They're not quite at that level yet, and it partly is because of some injuries and in age. Uh, we're coming into the season with again, same starters that we had the last year, uh, but Travis Frederick obviously is coming off his you know uh, disease that he had last year. Um, not quite back to 100% yet. I would say maybe 85 90%. It's going to take him at least probably half the season to kind of knock out, knock off that rusting, regain the strength. Uh, Tyron Smith is already dealing with a back injury. He will play in week one, but it's pretty clear that he's not going to be 100%. The same thing goes with Zach Martin, who hasn't practiced in the last month. He's been dealing with a back injury. I, I, I don't see him being at 100% either. So while you're going to have the same starting unit, it's not a unit that's fully healthy going into the season. And typically, this is a unit anyways that takes a couple of weeks to knock off the rust. We've seen this from basically the time they drafted Tyron Smith. Uh, this offensive line needs the first month of the season to to kind of get ready and get in shape. So I expect, well, while, it, while it's still a good unit, I expect a pretty rusty-looking unit in week one.
0: Now, speaking of rust, let's talk about a guy who traditionally has really been a thorn in the Giants' side, and that's tight end Jason Witten. He came out of retirement, I'm sure, you know, after a year off, he had a lot of rust to shake off. What have you seen from Witten, and how ready is he to start the season?
1: Jason Witten looks slim, and he looks explosive, and I think this is one of the rare cases where a player taking a year off has actually been beneficial uh, it seems like, you know, going to the Monday night booth for a year has kind of uh, re-energized Witten, and he, he's excited to be a part of this offense. Uh, the Cowboys told him when they re-signed him to a one-year deal that the plan was to not give him as many snaps as in previous seasons where he's on the field 99% of the time. Uh, they're looking, what they tell us is they're looking at a split, maybe 50, 60% of the snaps. It's kind of the same thing that goes with Elliott. Once we get to Sunday, and they realize that Jason Witten's the best tight end, and the Giants linebackers are struggling to cover him, I I, kind of have a hard time believing that they're going to take him off the field. So uh, Witten's a player that I actually don't worry about too much in this game. I I know he's going to get open. Uh, I I know that he's going to be good enough in the run game. I I think Witten's going to have a nice week one in his return to football.
0: And the Cowboys, of course, updated their, or I should say upgraded their receiver core. They've added Randall Cobb to go along with uh, Amari Cooper um, and, And uh, Michael Gallup, I mean, what does Cobb bring to that group that maybe they were missing in the past?
1: See, this is an interesting conversation because depending on where you stand in the Randall Cobb versus Cole Beasley argument, you may not agree that the Cowboys have upgraded their receiving core because Cole Beasley has been a guy that's got open a lot over the last couple of years in Dallas. Uh, He's been, you know, a player that's very reliable. While Cobb has been that in the past, he's struggled to stay healthy. He doesn't have the same quick twitch ability of Beasley But he's better after the catch. They can use him in different ways. They can play him on the outside. He maybe is a little tougher across the middle of the field. Uh so it's a different element to this Cowboys receiving core. But all together with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and even Tavon Austin who's, you know, healthy this year, the Cowboys feel really good about their wide receiver core entering two thousand nineteen.
0: Sounds good. Now let's transition if we could, to the Cowboys' defense. And just give us an overall snapshot of where this unit is, where they've gotten better, where they might have gotten a little bit worse.
1: Yeah, so they really didn't lose any talent over the offseason. It's the same starting unit that we had last year. The only difference is a lot of these guys are entering the season uh, banged up or still knocking off the rust. You're looking at you know defensive players like DeMarcus Lawrence and Tyrone Crawford who haven't practiced more than a week throughout training camp. As they both deal with shoulder issues. Uh, Jalen, or excuse me, Leighton Vanderesh had a hip issue. He's kind of missed time in, in, in training camp. You look at Byron Jones, who just came off the PUP this week. Uh, it's a lot of guys kind of, you know, trying to get in shape before the season. It still should be a really good defense, but I won't be surprised if they take a couple weeks to kind of get up to speed. But overall, when you talk about some of the young players getting better, like Vanderesh and Jalen Smith, and Byron Jones and Chidobe Awuzie, a very, very talented unit.
0: In terms of the, the biggest weak spot on this unit, even though, you know, again, you have all the guys coming back or most of the guys are back, and injuries aside, if you're the Cowboys, what's the one unit that you're really, really concerned about in terms of the matchup with the Giants offense?
1: Yeah, I think it's gotta be it's got to be Evan Ingram, right? So in previous years, the Cowboys have moved down Byron Jones to cover tight ends. I think they're trying to get away from that now. I think they want to keep Byron Jones as an outside cornerback. So I'm interested to see how Evan Ingram, who you know is 235 pounds and moves like a receiver, I'm curious to see how the Cowboys match up with him. Do they put an Xavier Woods or Jeff Heath on him, or do they decide to use one of their linebackers, Vander Esch or Jalen Smith, to match up with with Ingram? I think I think Ingram can do a lot of damage. I'm going to be interested to see how the Cowboys match up with him.
0: Sean Lee is coming back. I think this is his tenth season now. And I know he's had some injury issues in the past. How has he been looking this summer?
1: Yeah, he's another player that's coming off a knee injury. Just uh, started practicing this week. Uh, He is not going to be a starter for the first time ever in his career. Uh, The Cowboys are kind of looking at using him as a strong side linebacker in certain packages. They are trying to find different ways to get him on the field. Uh, They know his value. Sean Lee has offered to play special teams. Uh, But you're not going to see Sean Lee 50-60 snaps a game. It's, It's more likely that we see him. 15 to 20 snaps rather than a full full workload.
0: Now, I just want to touch real quick on special teams because a guy that uh, I'm looking at the step chart here, Tony Pollard is listed as one of the return specialists. Mm -hmm. He's also been the backup running back, or I guess the the full-time running back, what Zeke has been out on his contract uh, dispute there. can you just tell us a little bit more about Tony Pollard as as both a returner and as a running back, you know, what he has brought to the, you know, to both of the units?
1: Yeah, so the Cowboys are just trying to find different ways to get Tony Pollard on the field. We saw him in the preseason and he was absolutely electric. Uh Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett have both mentioned Alvin Kamara as a potential, you know, comp for him. Uh, the, the Cowboys are really working to see where they can get him the ball. Now, he's never been a punt returner in his career uh, when he was at Memphis. Uh, he probably won't do that early in the season. We'll probably get a lot of Tavon Austin doing that. But on kick returns, I, I fully expect him to be the one back there. They trust him. Uh, they think he can, he can change field position quickly. So look for Tony Pollard to maybe try to get five to eight touches in this game, even if Ezekiel Elliott is back on the field for week one.
0: Final question, Marcus. What's your prediction for Sunday's game?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are, you know, thinking this could be a blowout, that the Cowboys are a better team, and I would, I would agree with that. However, it's a divisional matchup. It's week one. Crazy things happen. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think we're looking at a fairly low scoring game. Uh, I'm going to pick Dallas in a, a low one, 20 to 17.
0: All right, sounds good. That's Marcus Mosier of Locked on Cowboys. You're listening to Locked on Giants. We'll be right back after these messages.